Richard? Jordan Jr. Identification number 600115. Right. Drink this, Dickie. This isn't exactly like the test you take in school, Dickie. The liquid you've just drunk is to make sure you answer all the questions as truthfully as you can. But why wouldn't I? The government doesn't think you wouldn't, Dickie. The liquid is just to make sure. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And we're um, recording this via Omnicoder tonight. How do you how do you yeah. feel about that? That's we're in the future. I'm glad I was able to get my code. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously it shows uh, that my intelligence level <laughs> right? is yeah. where it needs to be. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so the fact that we're able to have Omnicoder code shows where we're at. But this, you know, we'll get into that when we get into it. So, yeah, everybody, uh, welcome to Strange Highways. Uh, this is a podcast where we watch uh, the Twilight Zone in sequence. We've covered the original series uh, one through five. Go, you go back and listen to that. We've covered both uh, seasons of the Jordan Peele produced Paramount Plus series. Go check those out as well. And we're now into the 80 series. This is, uh, hope you enjoyed our conversation last week about uh, Ye Gods. That, you know, wasn't perfect, but it at least was watchable, right? I'll say that. It was fun ish. Like, yeah, somebody was uh, somebody on social media was uh, excited about uh, Robert Morse number. Yeah. So, so I'll put fun like lowercase f fun like fun size right like I'll say yeah. that yeah. There, there's been way worse comedy episodes we talked about that already. So all right, so we're getting into this. Um, it is uh, season one, uh, episode six, segment A, um, examination day, uh, air date November first, nineteen eighty five. Number one film, uh, Terry, are you excited for this? Did you? I don't know if you know what the number one film is. I want to let you know you're going to be excited. You're going to be super oh, excited. Oh, I am super excited. Let's hear it, man. Death Wish 3. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Death Wish 3 I had just watched recently, and that does not stack up to Death Wish 1 <laughs> or 2 at all. Well, in terms of and- like like seriousness, I mean, 2, two is kind of off the rails, but it's trying to be straight-faced. 3 is yeah. a cartoon. And then four, it, it, it four really is a Wiley Coyote cartoon. Yeah. So yeah, if you were to take Charles Bronson and turn his character uh, into a cartoon character and just have him go completely batshit crazy <laughs> with a bazooka and like yeah, like just it's anarchy. It's true anarchy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's a canon production. We'll tie more into that later. That's some foreshadowing. But yeah, Deathless Three is a lot of fun for what it is. But like the like you go back and watch it, and you're like. Wow, um, there's a lot of problems in terms of questions you got to ask about this movie. But yeah. just taking it for what it is, it's a a ridiculous cartoon of violence, um, and it, there's fun to be had. But like, don't 
I just, I don't want people watching this being like, that's how, that's how law should be. That is the wrong lesson to take from that movie. Right. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's a lot need, of fun. We don't need that kind of vigilante. No, no not at all. Not, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so the number one song, which ties in the death wish three. No, it doesn't. It is a uh, saving, <laughs> saving all my love for you by Whitney Houston. Could you imagine if that was like the end track to that movie? <laughs> yeah, especially because like, like the dude gets annihilated by a bazooka, bazooka or a yeah. rocket launcher. Well, because like, there's even what was it? There's even like the nail trap that they set up when the guy kind of breaks in through the window and like the the nail oh. thing like goes up and smacks the guy in the face or whatever. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I actually love that. That's like that's that's like some um what do you call it? Home Alone shit. Yeah, right no, there. no. Death Wish Three <laughs> is is the is, is grown up Home Alone. That's what it is. Uh, and all, also, here's a Twilight Zone connection there. Uh, well, aside from Charles Bronson, which we saw him in two, which was season three, episode two. <laughs> Weird. Or, whatever, or season three, episode one called two. It's, it gets confusing. Uh, Martin Balsam is in that as well, which we saw him in the 16 millimeter shrine and the new exhibit. So he's also uh, in Death Wish 3, if I remember right. Oh, nice tie-ins there. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Whitney Street. Houston was not in any one of those, but she did, <laughs> she did have a great song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but Bobby time. Brown was seeing the background is causing trouble is what happened. No, I, I don't know any about that, but oh, so, so, okay. So speaking of bad taste, uh, so I couldn't find a day and date for this. Like that was like, there's some, like a lot of like, you know, government decisions and blah, 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 blah. In terms of like, so-and-so like decided this. And like, the, none of that seemed like, you know, like meat and potatoes, uh, strange highways. So I just did a search of November 1985. Um, and so bad taste. I, I hope you're ready for this, Terry. So I found the cover for the November Playboy of 1985. Here is what's listed on that Playboy. Women of Mensa. That's the title. America's smartest females pose nude. And then plus... Sting, the singer, not the wrestler, which I wish it had been like both of them talking. Modern Girls, a Miami Vice in quotations because that, that show was just debuting. Klaus Kinski, so I have no idea what they talked to him about. It would probably crazy as all get out. And then Guide to Skiing and Sex in Cinema. So that's all that was on the, um, the cover of uh, the Playboy from 85, November. I'm looking at this now because I wanted to. I wanted to see how this was all on there because that's a lot of different. Well, because they, they run, they run like the little things off to the the right side, right? Like it's like anytime you pick right. up any, you even see that now where you go to like the supermarket, you're going to your checkout, you see like the different like the headlines on the the like whatever it is, like you know, yeah, that's that's the same type of that kind of formatting's never changed. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. So if people want to buy this issue for the articles, not the photos, we understand also to get opinions about women of Mensa, it is available for 1295 on Amazon. So I'm not saying that I've bought it cause I haven't, but you know, if you want to buy it, it's only $13. Clearly, um, if you're a completionist, you, know, you probably already have it, but you know, I, I just, I have to point something out fun here. I looked it up on Google, uh, Google search just to see, uh, and I wanted to see the image of it, but did it does you, have like different. Did you different... take the search, safe search off when you Googled it? I'm kidding. Oh, well, <laughs> no, I mean, of course not. But, uh... <laughs> You're like, oh, that woman looks really smart with her clothes off. Anyway, so. But the, like the, the, they give you links to eBay and it says well, $8 on eBay used. I'm like, well, used. that just puts some <laughs> weird thought in my mind. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm, I mean, I mean. Yeah, 
<sighs> All right. So that's I mean, what I, I found. understand it's an older copy of the, of this magazine, whatever, but it's like just hearing the word used in a pornographic. <laughs> but it's like, is, is it like been like, you know, cared for and just read or used, you know, you're like, that's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> But I want to believe if it was used is because of like, you know, Sting or Klaus Kinski <laughs> yeah, right. or someone really likes skiing a great deal, you know, like, like oh, I got to get that issue. So, all right. So that's, I, I know everybody, you, you, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, uh, it, I, I have, I have never found a bottom that I can't hit and keep going. So like, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Oh, so that's, that's the day and date. I know this probably came out in October because you know how like magazines think they publish like a month in advance, but I just couldn't find anything for this actual air date that was like, you know, significant for us to talk about. Cause it's like the, the day after Halloween. Yeah. I tried to do a really good thorough search and there wasn't really much, especially within that week that I found fascinating, but you know. So I thought it was funny to kind of go go kind of go go askew right to like kind of wander off uh, the reservation a little bit and see uh, see what I could find. So the the so everybody remember this this segment and the next episode we're gonna do um, women of Mensa. Just keep that in your brains. I don't know what that means. So anyway, um, so anyways, anyway, so let's just get into um, who did what here. Our casting group. All right. So uh, our director here is uh, Paul Lynch. Uh, He's coming back for four more uh, segments. Uh, we'll discuss those later. But uh, uh, this gentleman also directed one of the ba- best 80 slashers of, uh, that I've ever seen, uh, Prom Night. Great film. Uh, it's been remade, and you know they've had sequels to it. Prom Night 2 is actually a really good movie, too. Uh, Hello, Mary Lou. But he directed the first one. With, uh, that he has did, Jamie Lee Curtis in her, correct? I've never that seen correct. it. That is correct. And then Leslie Nielsen is in it. So... Layla Neeson. I'm kidding. No, Leslie uh, Neeson. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and then some, he also directed some dark room episodes and, uh, Star Trek, uh, next generation and deep space nine episodes. Oh, nice. I didn't pick up the dark room. So thank you for that. Cause that's ties back to some of the stuff we talked about previously. I have here three episodes of sliders, which was a show that was a, a guilty pleasure of mine for a bit there. I love sliders, uh, two episodes of the nineties revival, the hour limits, and then five episodes of RoboCop. Nice. So then uh, next here, we'll go to our writer's credits. Uh, there's two listed here. Uh, the first one is for the short story. It's a Henry Slicer or Sleezer? Slicer? I think it's Slicer. Uh, Sleezar, Sleazy, um, Sleazy McGee, Henry. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he also uh, wrote two of the original uh, Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, so there was The Old Man in the Cave. And the self improvement of Salazar Salvador Ross. Ross, yeah. So we like his short stories were the basis of these three stories. So that's cool. That's that's a nice callback, right? Like um, it just ties together uh, the original series and this series. So clearly, this guy has written stories that are within the vein of the Twilight Zone. I know we had our discussion about the old man in the cave. The story was interesting. It was you know both the like the self improvement Salvador Ross was more of an interesting idea than maybe episode, but. At least there's, you know, there's a callback to the original series here. There's some bones there. Yeah, I meant to, I meant to look this short story up because, I mean, even like the basis for those two other storylines that he had written, uh, I really enjoyed what was there. So I'm like, yeah. man, maybe this dude has a lot of good material, and and especially if, um, he, you know, he was tapped on the shoulder by Alfred Hitchcock to participate in 37 episodes of the Alfred Hitch- Hitchcock Presents. 
and 10 episodes of the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's me failing in my research. That's awesome. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. So, and then our next writer's credit here is uh, for the teleplay, and that's Philip. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Philip DeGear. He's the executive producer of um, the series. We He um, also wrote the teleplay or the screenplay for Nightcrawlers, which mm-hmm. we just covered. He's the guy that's overseeing. Like, he is... Um, He's ba- he's the producer, right? So he is. Um, oh, there's other producers we talked about in the original series, but he he's show running this basically with the Twilight Zone, this revival. And eventually, I will not get it. So <laughs> we're just gonna his his name and how I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Well, no, because like I listen to the commentary track because he actually says his name. He's like, hey, I'm Phil DeGear. So that if he says it's DeGear, it we're good, right? So it's DeGear. DeGear, okay. Well, yeah. Great pawn. No, I'm I don't know what that means. So, um, so and then yeah. our uh, our cast here, uh, we get uh, to lead us off here. Christopher Alport plays Richard Jordan, and he was in a movie called Dead and Buried. I just recently watched this. This was like my like like one of those like movies that never like I never saw. It, it should have been on a radar. It has uh, Robert England in it, and a, a you know, it's like not being Freddy Krueger. So it was, it was a lot of fun. You need to check it out. Yeah. I've not seen it. I, I, I know the artwork. I've seen the artwork multiple times. Right. Cause that was like the hand bursting up from the ground. Right. The dead and buried. Thing. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Um, there's a few different uh, covers for it, but okay. the one of there is like, it's a face coming out of the ground or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's a really interesting movie. So uh, do you have anything else for him? Cause I have a couple. Yeah. Of uh, he was also in the uh, remake of invaders from Mars, which uh, was Toby Hooper uh, directed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, both Jack Frost movies. Now, these are the Jack Frost horror films. <laughs> oh, I've not High seen art. either one, but I've heard I've heard things about them. Yes. Oh yeah, great stuff. <laughs> but uh, next here uh, we have uh, David well, Mend. Let me mention a little bit about Mr. Christopher Allport just real quick here. So I just want to mention he was in William Freakins to Live and Die in L.A., which we just talked about Nightcrawlers. Uh, he was in an uh, episode of The X Files, a lot of television. So here's here's one of the things that is I think it's important to at least note. Allport did a screen test with actress uh, Amy Irving for the parts of Han Solo and Princess Leia, respectively, in um, Star Wars, the original Star Wars. So he was one of like, so that, like he did a screen test and so he wasn't actually uh, cast as Han Solo, but he screen tested for the part. So I think it's important. Also, it also, it would not be an episode of Strange Highways without something horrible happening to somebody. On January 25th, 2008, Allport was one of the three men killed by uh, an avalanche near Mountain High Ski Resort in San, in, in Wrightwood, San Bernardino County, California. So he, um, Died early because of an avalanche. That's terrible. I was, I was wondering why because um, he didn't. I mean, he was only sixty years old. I mean, that's not terribly old. No, no. So like we remember we talked about last week about um oh his name's failing me now, but the gentleman who was Cupid, how he just recently passed away and he was in Mad Men. Uh, Christopher Allport was also in Mad Men playing a, a character's father in an early season episode. He was it could, he was supposed to be like a character that they would use more, but they used him once and then this happened. So they had to find a way to like get the character out of the show. So they're like, they, they wrote him out, but like the intent was to keep this gentleman around longer to be a father figure uh, for good or for bad, but clearly tragedy struck. Well, that's terrible. Well, well thanks for, uh, thanks for all the wonderful roles that you play. Yeah, th- thanks for being a downer. Welcome to the show. Right. So yeah, anyway, thanks. yes. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, next here is uh, David Mendenhall. 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 Yeah. Mendenhall. Yeah. All right. So uh, he plays Dickie Jordan. This is the son of uh, Richard and Ruth, who we'll be talking about in a moment here. But uh, did some voice work, uh, especially in the Transformer like movies and some of the shows and that back in the day. A uh, bunch of General Hospital, but the 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 glowing thing here that I have to mention, and I I knew I recognized this kid right <laughs> off the bat. He was an over the top, yes, this cinematic masterpiece of uh, you know Sly's career. I mean, you know, who cares about Rocky or you know any of the Rambo or whatever? Over the top. <laughs> I love over the top. Like I, it is, it's a dumb movie, right? But I love it so much. Uh, cause it is, you know, it's, it's like, so here, here let me, let me, uh, pull, pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, a couple years ago on the other show that I do invasion, of the podcast, if people want to listen to our meanderings there, we just recently talked about the, the fog. That was a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, did an episode about, uh, over the top and, um, cause we did a whole year of Canon. Right. And like, because Canon as a film company is just vastly interesting to me. But like how how high they like they they shot for and how badly they crashed and burned is amazing to me. So with this, they kept like adding more and more money to like, hey, Stallone, come do this arm wrestling movie. He's like, I don't know about that. They, they they paid him so much that like the rest of Hollywood's like, you did what to who? Like they're, they kind of reset this, like, you know, the expectation for leads and movies. So Canon kind of broke the Hollywood system to get Stallone into this arm wrestling movie. Right. So that's, that's one thing, but David Mendenhall, not only he was he in, um, in that he was in another, uh, uh, movie for Canon called going bananas. Uh, Terry, <laughs> do you know anything about going bananas? You have mentioned this to me. It's a, <laughs> this movie, just from the like, I think you showed me the trailer, Maybe. and it just it looks it looks bananas. It looks bananas, <laughs> right? So uh, the whole like, so supposedly the urban legend is that uh, Menachem Golan of Golan Globus of Canon, right? Menachem Golan uh, was like they brought in Clyde uh, the orangutan from the Any Which Way But Loose films, right? And they're like, he's a celebrity. So Menachem Golan, he he never never met a pitch he couldn't try to sell. So he's like selling this thing about a movie with a, a like a, a orangutan and a boy. And the people in the room realize that like he's not talking to anybody but the orangutan. And Clyde, <laughs> you know, Clyde's not responding because he's an orangutan. So what happened is that the film got greenlit and they're gonna use Clyde. Right. But then what the happened was that the producers, someone came in and was like, Hey, here's somebody that you need to meet called deep Roy, who is a very small person that can fit into like, you know, a suit of, um, a monkey that's not an orangutan. And so they, they cast a uh, deep Roy that, you know, from, um, I don't know, everything he's in everything, right? Uh, he's in the, the, the Charlie chocolate factory, the new one with Johnny Depp. Um, he is the, um, the, uh, have you seen the newer Star Trek films or no? I have not. No. Uh, he, he's in that too. He's a character as well in there, but like deep Roy is a very known like actor for what he does, which is being there and also being tiny. Right. So he dressed up as Bonzo in this film called going bananas, which is David Mendenhall, uh, you know, deep Roy and Dom DeLuise in this as well. <laughs> um, it is, the movie is just dumb as dirt. 
and it's trying to be like this family film. I watched it for the year of Canon. I wrote a blog post. If people want, I will share that blog post from the other show to our page. It is a ridiculous film and David Mendenhall's in there. Um, so I, I'll say that it is, it is dumb as all get out. It is a terrible, terrible film. And Dom DeLuise is vamps the entire time because you know, he got paid. You know what I mean? Oh, like I, I will never fault anybody showing up in a Canon film because they gave them too much money, which speaking of death wish three, that all ties in. Right. So <laughs> Charles Bronson didn't turn out a paycheck, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, David Mendenhall. Uh, so he was in over the top, which is a Canon production going bananas transformers, of the movie as Sam Witwicky. Uh, he also voiced the character in like some of the later seasons, transformers. I also want to note that he played a 12 year old drug dealer in an episode of different strokes. It was one one of the very special episodes called the reporter. So back to back episodes of strange highways where we had a very special episode of a sitcom. So there we go. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and then next year we have Elizabeth, um, Norman. Uh, she plays Ruth Jordan. Uh, she was in runaway, which, uh, you have talked about, uh, in other discussions. And then I have just recently watched this. I, it's a very fun, futuristic, uh, Tom Selleck film where he's hunting down like rogue, uh, like robots or, yeah. you know, it's like, it's so fun. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Gene Simmons is the bad guy. At uh, one point, yeah. Tom Selleck is chasing a rogue, a corn robot. Like it's, um, Kirstie Alley's in it too. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like, like, Oh, Oh, it's the future. I mean, it, it's the same thing, how, how future tech works, right? Like the only thing in there that I think still works is like, they have like the helicopter, like the small helicopter cameras, they kind of predicted like drones a little bit, but other than yeah. that, I think the rest of it was kind of off base other than the acid shooting robot spiders, which we all fear right now. I, I thought there was a lot of fun things going on in that film. I, I if, if it had a bigger budget, it might have been a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed I mean, it. Thank it, you for letting me borrow it. No, for, for sure, it could be it could be remade now, but it's like you need to kind of get more silly with it. But also bringing yeah. Gene Simmons as the bad guy again, I'm fine with that. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I would hope that they would do like uh, what, what's a Turbo Boy? Uh, yeah, tur- like yeah, Turbo Kid. Oh, that'd turbo be fun. Kid. Yeah, like the kind of thing. Let those guys handle it, right? Because I you've oh, yeah. seen you've seen Summer '84, right? I've not seen that. Oh, love it. Okay, it's the same. It's the same collective that did both those films. I need to watch some already for. Yeah, give them a give them like a medium budget to do a runaway like film. That'd be a lot of fun. I think that'd be awesome. But uh, next year, uh, like for her other credits, uh, she was in some House of Cards episodes and had some Law and Order episodes as well. Yeah, she passed away during the production of House of Cards. Um, But yeah, like that's like we know that that was like the first foray for Netflix doing original programming, and like it did big at the time. So I think it's worthy of note. Yeah, so, and then next, uh, for other credits, or our other actors here, rather, uh, Jeffrey Allen Chandler, uh, he plays a clerk, uh, he was in La Bamba, and uh, lots of other TV, or lots of TV shows, mm-hmm. uh, there were some things I, I, I knew, but it was just like one and done episodes, but yeah, lots of TV work. Yeah, then, that's um, what that's what I have. TV work, uh, D Space Nine. It's just much like we talked about the original series, like, you can recognize that somebody is, like, constantly working, but... You know, sometimes something doesn't like resonate with us. Doesn't mean that they're not like out there getting their paycheck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then um, next here we have uh, Ed Kringer. 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 That's how it's pronounced. Kringer. For some reason, they are clerk number one. In <laughs> yeah, the- this gets weird. You're right. It's clerk, and then clerk number one, and then clerk number two. Right. So yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
uh, the credits for uh, here is uh, Return of the Living Dead, which is amazing, and then uh, Child's Play 2, which is a very good uh, horror film as well. But I'm the, the horror guy, so I'm always going to find those credits, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, that dude. So. Well, I like his credit in Return of the Living Dead as Riot Cop number three. I thought that was funny. Like, you know, and there was a lot of Riot Cops there. So I'm yeah. like, which one was number three? Like, but he was clerk one here, and he got a demotion to Riot Cop three in there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, and then next, uh, the last credit I have, unless you had anything else, uh, uh, Myrna White, uh, she plays Clerk two. Uh, one more episode that we'll be talking about soon enough. Uh, and she was in some Alfred Hitchcock presents, and uh, the fabulous futuristic film from Emilio Estevez free Jack. Oh, and, and Anthony Hopkins. I, I and um, also yeah. um, Mick, Mick Jagger, Jagger is in free yeah. Jack. I liked free Jack. I mean, I need to go revisit that. It's probably a pile of garbage, but I had a lot of fun when I watched it. I, 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 I say you, you double, you, you double that with demolition, man. I think oh my goodness. That's a great double feature. That's a good call. Yeah. Also, she's in ginger dead man, which is a film I never want to see. So good. <laughs> we could Gary Busey being the, the, the ginger man. Yeah. The, yeah. the gingerbread man. Yeah. I'm good. Like, <laughs> Oh look, Oh look, you're a lumpy murderous person. And also you're gingerbread. Thanks Gary Busey. You know, like I'm, you know, I think I'm good. Like, I don't know, man. Like I just, I, I, you're maybe your tolerance for like lower budget, like schlock might be a little higher than mine. I'm not saying that like, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion, I guess. Right. But Something like that where it's like they're purposely aiming low. I, I'm not I'm not against it, but it's like I, I just also like you can still like do the best you can with what you got. And everything I've seen in that film just shows like, well, it's low budget. What do you expect? That's that's not fun to me. They well, that company, I think that's a full moon production. They just kept on getting even more ridiculous. So there's like you're like uh but it's there's one where there's like an uh a killer bong. Yeah. Evil like, bong. And I'm like, evil I'm good. Bong, like, like, well, like I can, I can appreciate full moon, like maybe in the late eighties, early nineties, like they were trying to like occupy like the rental space, mm-hmm. you know, like there's stuff, there's fun stuff. Like I think we've talked about like the, the bloodstone and subspecies stuff. Like there's some yeah. fun to be had there and there's some quali- like quality. Yeah. Puppet master. There's quality to be had, but when you kind of just like just shrug and give up, I'm not interested, you know, like, so you, you, come at me, people. Let me know. Like, <laughs> ginger dread, man, G- ginger dread, ginger dread man is a masterpiece. I'm going to argue with you. It's not. I've not seen it. I'm good. Yeah, so I haven't <laughs> seen it either. <laughs> so, but this is a that podcast, and uh, maybe uh, we should I, just make. I, one I'm of more about movies. pumpernickel person that is on a murderous rampage than ginger dead man. So there you go. So, um, all right. Um, all right. So everybody, uh, this is a 10 minute segment that we're getting into here with, uh, examination day. We've already almost tripled our, our episode, like going into what we're about to talk about. So, um, yeah, um, there's no, uh, there's no narration for this. It just starts. And I just got Terry, I got to put to you. I didn't know the future is very bleepy and bloopy. I found that out. Did you notice that starting? I, I know. And it, it's like, it, it seems to be kind of like the way that they portray the future in a lot of eighties movies where like, I don't know. I just don't get the bleep and bloop and the, uh, what are, yeah. I don't, what is that supposed to mean? Well, like, it's, it's like one, it's supposed to translate to the audience that like, there's things going on. Like, um, I, um, uh, I've recently been listening like that. Uh, so another show I, I've listened to, um, I'm catching up. They covered alien 
and if you remember like whenever um oh um what's his nuts uh like uh you know the main like um shit when somebody goes into the room with mother with a computer the computer room uh how like there's all these like blinking lights and sounds like that's not that's not what we know now right like there are some noises but the future is a little more quiet in terms of tech than what we think about yeah and a side note my wife hates that about films like alien she's like what are all those things what what is that? I'm it's, like it's well, Dallas. It's um it's uh it's da- the future. <laughs> yeah, but the character's name is Dallas. It is um we love uh him. It is You're talking about Tom Scarrett's Yes, character? when he goes in and talks to mother, right? The, it's Tom Scarrett's Dallas when he goes in originally to mother and it's like oh all the lights are on and it's all like bloop 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 bloop. It's like, you know, it's just we get like I'm not saying that like our phones don't fire off every three seconds with like different notifications and things, but like it's not like I go, I mean maybe I, maybe the future isn't as noisy as we thought it would be. It is noisy, but like, like this sounds like you open a window and all you hear is bloop, 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 bloop. That's going on outside with this. And I don't agree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, luckily we don't have that now. I mean, we just hear Yet. sirens all the time. <laughs> yeah. First <laughs> yeah. time recording, we heard a, a considerable uh, thunder clap <laughs> like, and we're recording remotely. And so, Terry heard it, and then I heard it three seconds later. So here's hoping, crossing fingers, that neither one of our houses get blown up right now while we're recording. So, yeah, and yeah. then it was a thunderclap in my pants. I was like, "Holy crap! <laughs> what the hell? Oh, dude? Holy clap! What's the, going on?" So yeah, yeah, it scared um, the crap out of me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so but yeah, the future's <laughs> bleepy and bloopy. I do like the painted background, like of of like the future city. I did like that. I thought that was a cool like thing. Um, I also felt like this was like really um, tangently like adjacent to dreams for sale. When we saw Kyle, like this near future, I'm like, is it the same future that we're looking at? Perhaps. I mean, it could, it probably was like right down the street or something like that. I, I think that the, um, the thing I thought was interesting and in how the, the city looked and that it kind of reminded me somewhat of like they're capturing uh, like an essence of uh, Blade Runner. No, oh, yeah, like, and even uh, Phil DeGuerre even mentions in his commentary, um, like wh- however brief that is, is like he that's kind of the vibe they're going for. I'm like, I yeah, it's I can see that it's tangential, right? So, um, so yeah, we get we see this bleepy bloopy future, and then we get a, a birthday cake that shows up with electric candles? Question mark. I mean. I'm cool with that now, especially in a day and age where we're dealing with pandemics all the time. So I'm like, people shouldn't be blowing out candles on cakes anyway. So. Yeah, but the candles, did you see them light up this like, like how it's like they just sparked on their own? That was that's weird. That's pretty badass though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with it. All right, well, I mean, I fine. like I mean, fire, but. I mean, okay. So well, we find different. so we see that we find out that Dickie, who's our main character, um, that after he got abandoned by Deep Roy in a uh, gorilla outfit, um, he's in the future, <laughs> um, and so his parents are like, "Wish for you know, like it's your birthday wish," and he was like, "Oh, I wish for a good mark on the government examination." And his parents are like, "You could wish for something else," and he's like, "But I don't want to." So like, also like, you know, say what you want about uh, David Mendenhall as a child actor. Like he has that G whiz, like, 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 you know, positivity about him that works for this story. Yeah. I, I mean, like 
I, I can I can totally see that. I thought he was a little shit and um, over the top. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've never really seen him in anything else, but he definitely captures that. He has great smile and that. He looks like the stereotypical kid that you would like to have, you know, instead like, of like you could see why he was cast at like roles like this. It just makes perfect sense, right? So, so yeah, go ahead, please. I was gonna say, but uh, like, yeah, it's what is his twelfth birthday? I guess. Yeah, he's a man now. I don't know if that, that you're sure. Um, <laughs> so, but, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, he, he's a man. They they blow, up, they blow up the candles. He's like, I want to do good in the test. They're like, oh, but, you know, you, you don't have to worry about that yet. You know, like, um, and they're like, we got you a present. And, um, you know, because he also told me, he's like, I'm going to do well in the test because they get high marks in school. And the parents are like, eh, whatever. Like, we, there's like, th- there's always, there, there from the jump, there's unease, Um which is fine, you know, but also the music kind of betrays a little bit too. I wish the music wasn't as foreboding with this. I think that would have been a little, if you would have pulled that back, then I think when you get to the rug pull, what's going on, it would have been a little better, but from the jump, there's creeping dread of uh Dickie being super excited about his birthday, his parents loving him. And then they give him, um, they give him an Omnicoder, which is, I have no idea what it is. I don't know what it does. It's a mini television is what it is. What, what, yeah, what it, I was yeah. like, now you can watch cartoons in your bedroom. Like, I, I, always, I, don't know what it is. <laughs> I expected the hand crank on the side. Like it's the one you take out when you go camping, you yeah. know, just, to- <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those, dude. I've seen those at thrift stores. I was like, these are real. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I expect the hand crank to be like, it's a TV that's black and white and also a radio. <laughs> You know, and he's like, it's an Omnicoder. I can talk to, he's like, I can talk to my friends. And like, and then like, they don't give him anything else to say. It's because it's like, what else do you do with an Omnicoder? Nothing. Which is supposed to be a video device. And then we get to the end and we don't see any video. <laughs> I don't know. It's very confusing. It's a future term. It's fine. Um, we're having more success now talking um, than the Omnicoder actually promised. Well, yeah. And I, if, if I if we wanted to, we could do uh, uh, the video Skype here, but we don't do that because we want to. We don't uh, let everybody know that we were completely nude while we're doing this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I sh- I shat my pants when I that yeah. thunder came. <laughs> it's true. I'm just I am just like I look like Pizza the Hut. I don't want anybody to see that when we're recording. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but he was like, Oh, an Omnicoder. I, I wasn't supposed to get this to 14. And the, the father's like, Oh, the government regulation change. We hoped you didn't see. And he's like, Oh, this would be exciting. He's like, but I can't use it till I get a number. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the test, whatever. So, um, so then we cut to, uh, later on where, uh, Dickie's sitting there just reading like a comic book or whatever. And he asks a question about what the test is. And his father kind of downplays it. And his father's like, Hey, why not watch TV? And he's like, nah, I'd rather read. And his mom has that look of like, don't you read anymore? Do not do that. Stop reading. <laughs> stop, stop being smartful, you know, whatever. Uh, but so then we got to like, I gotta ask you like, so we get the parent, like the parents talking about what's going on. Was the dad vaping in the background? Did you notice that? Uh, I did not notice that. I guess you were paying closer attention than I was. He was holding something to his face with the light. I'm like, is he, did we, like of all the tech being predicted in this, uh, this episode, I think he got vaping, right? That's, I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, sure. I mean, I think that there was a definitely, um, what is it? Foreshadowing. Yeah. Right. So then, um, you know, um, they're worried about things like, cause we get this dread that, um, 
this test, whatever's happening. Cause the mom's like, you know, he's different. Right. So we get this and then, um, you know, and so he eventually comes, he's like, don't worry, I'll do well. And you know, so the parents are kind of like resigned to what's going on. The examination day happens. Uh, Dickie wakes up, it's raining outside. He's like, why does that have to be raining today? And then the father has like an interaction with him about like, it can, you know, it has to, you know, he says it can't rain all the time. And he's like, I've seen the crow. Um, so, um, <laughs> No, whatever. It's like, it's a, it's a genuine interaction of like, you know, Hey, you know, sometimes the, like the days that you're expecting, like something to happen, things could change, right? Whatever it is, what it is. But then like the mom, like, uh, puts on like a poncho for him and she hugs him and you could tell like, she's anxious about him. And he's like, don't worry, I'll do well. And like the parents are like, yeah, we know you will, (sighs) you know, like type of thing. So they send him. Um, okay. We record this week. We, we live in like the Cleveland area, Northeast Ohio. Um, so people listening, maybe you have one of these in your town. They sent them to the science center. They sent them to the great Lake science center for the testing right after. Did you notice that? How, how that was going on? Like with all the science yeah. balls going around them. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, like, like I love that. Like his dad's like, "Don't touch the science ball," and he doesn't. Then the next science ball they get to, the dad touches it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I don't know. What even, I didn't even look up the name, but um, you used to work at a, like um, kind of a novelty store. Like you know, what I'm talking about. Like those are the balls that had like the little like the thing in the middle. And, like, oh, the, the little, lightning! Yeah, like yeah. The, not lightning, but the electricity coming yeah. off of it. Uh, yeah, that it's a it's a fun thing to have in a lot of futuristic films from back in the day. So yeah. Um, yeah, we we used to sell those way back in the day. I used to work at Spencer's Gifts, and they I think they stopped selling them when I started there. They're like, no cool shit for you guys. Yeah, no science <laughs> balls. You can't have science balls. Um, a fun fact um, that nobody cares about. Um, so my wife, who had been on an episode a couple a couple episodes ago, everybody you know, everyone's like, "Are you afraid of the dark's amazing?" I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Um, <laughs> I had bought a ring to propose to to my wife and I had my one friend take, like I had, I stored it somewhere away from me. Right. Cause I didn't want it anywhere near us. Cause I didn't want to like mess it up. But, um, I, <laughs> the night that I proposed to her, we went to the great Lake science center. Cause it was part of a company event that we were going to, I got blitzed, blitzed <laughs> at the science center. Like just, just like almost dropping a beer and like the gift shop. Uh, it was bad, but they had one of those, like the balls that we're talking about, like the little static balls. Um, this is years ago, so please, we're talking like this is kind of we're still in the, the the waning days of the pandemic. I licked the science ball that night, um, <laughs> and I remember I it's, it was one of those things. I'm like I I science so hard that night, and then we ended up at a bar somewhere on the far east side of um, Cleveland. So far, like Minter, like so far, that's like you know a 30 minute drive uh, from Cleveland. I remember. Uh, like impromptu proposing to, to Mary. So it took me drinking in a science center, licking a science ball and then proposing to my wife and her still saying yes to me. So <laughs> that's, that says something, right? Right. That's love, right? You're like, you just licked a ball that every grubby kid just touched. I'm like, yeah, you want to be my husband, my husband, you want to be my wife? Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> I remember when I went up to that thing, um, I was touching it and then I called this girl over that I didn't like and I knew exactly what was going to happen. 
<laughs> there was like a five inch spark from my finger to her finger, and I think she pissed herself. It was amazing. <laughs> I, just, I was like, I, I like for you being that, a jerk. <laughs> I like that you actively are like, I'm going to harass you versus me being like, you know what? I'm in the mood to make a lifelong commitment. <laughs> but anyway, so that's a little about me. I uh, licked the science ball. I got engaged the same night. So that's what happened. So, but I love that there's like eight of them. And then like, it was like, you could tell like, they're like, like, can we like, not the suspensers gifts, but it's like, can we just like occupy this whole space with like a sky mall as all the testing's going on. Right. So, um, so his dad is there with him. Dickie signs in. He gets his um, his number, and he's super excited for all this. And then when the number his his name is called, uh, his he's like, "Dad, are you gonna wait for me?" He's like, "Well, that's not how that works, son." So he's like, "Just do your best." So then Dickie gets pulled into the room with a, a baked potato man. Um, they're all wearing like these like baked potato suits, right? Like that's all the foil, right? The silver, right? It's future. It's future. Yeah. yeah. And so then the the guy's like, "Hey, oh, hi, Dicky, drink this." And the kid's like, "Okay." <laughs> like there's there's no questions about what's being drunk. And then that's what we play at the beginning. And he's like, "This will make sure that you're honest." And he's like, "But why is that?" He's like, "Well, the government believes you will be." However, <laughs> so what he's saying is the government government doesn't think you're going to be honest. So yeah, it's a truth serum. Truth serum. <laughs> yeah. So that's what he's like, Hey, here's the test. Like, just be like, think about it, answer honestly. And then like, we see him start to do like a math problem. Right. And then we cut back to the parents and they're waiting anxiously. Um, and then they get a call on the Omnicoder, which has a video screen, but there's no video. I have questions about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering if like they're low income and like, they're just been waiting for their kid to get this job. So that they, he can get a new Omnicoder for them too, or whatever. Yeah. Like, like they gave him the one good Omnicoder. Like, they, they, they got like, him the iPod Shuffle of Omnicoder. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, there's the video one later, but you're just going to get this one that you can just tell people, I got the Apple product. Like, sure, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, they get the phone call, right? So it, it's a phone call, is what it is, and then was the ministry of an education or whatever it's called. They're like, Oh, your son did so well in the test that, um, he exceeded the government's quotient for intelligence. And, um, did you, I wrote this down. They, and he, they killed him. The government killed him. And that's the big twist. Would they want the body interned by the government or a private burial? And then the parents like, you know, sob. And that's the end of the, ep- like the end of the 10 minute segment, like, like Dickie overperformed, and he got killed for it. So there you go. Segment done. Yeah, I was I was really floored by this. I was like, wait, that's it? It's over? I was like, <laughs> like damn. I was like, way to like get you pulled into something that could be very interesting. Then all of a sudden, it's like rug pulled. It's a hammer to your head. And yeah, deal with it emotionally. It's like, and I just love this uh, this idea that the government wants you to stay at a certain level of intelligence. And if not, then they're going to take their own means necessary to make sure, you know, it's like, that's so interesting to me. It's like, and it, but it also begs the question. It's like, is this a weird idiocracy kind of thing where it's like, they just want everybody to be stupid, but who's going to be the smart one, you know? Yeah. So we, the questions I have to ask is like, the parents are aware, right? So either, either the rules changed after they grew up 
because they, there's mm. the whole Omnicoder thing, right? About like the, like the age to get one. And so they're aware of what the test is, or did they pass the test and somehow they know what the test is, but they're smart enough to know what the test is and be, and be anxious enough that they know that their kid's going to be too good. But also you think you had taken steps to not like, this, this sounds backwards to not educate your child enough. You know what I mean? Like to keep them dumb, like because you love them and understand that this is like, maybe they do have the wherewithal, but like limit their, um, limit their education so they can pass the test. There's a lot of questions here, which I understand that's not the point here. The point is, is that it's showing like, um, this dystopian government that's trying to keep people at a level, um, and how if somebody like if somebody uh, supersedes what they're looking for, well, we can't have them around because if they're smarter than everybody else, they're going to start asking questions. And how dare they question this government? I understand. I understand what that's going for. Um, it's just that you start pulling the threads. You're like, well, how does any of this work? Because the people administering this test, the test too, like, are they idiots as well? But you mentioned idiocracy, like whenever um, the main character goes to the hospital, you can tell that like, that's bad, <laughs> you know, like what goes right. on, like all oh, this goes in your mouth, this goes in your butt. And then like two seconds later, Oh no, 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 this goes in your butt and this goes in your mouth. You know, like, <laughs> you know, was it the name of the hospital was a St. God's hospital. <laughs> that was the name of the hospital there. Um, so, so yeah, it's like, the, but I also understand like, like if you want to extrapolate this further, it's almost kind of the same way that uh, years and years ago and today where people would use like uh, religion in the way of like keeping people in place of like, well, you don't want to upset the guy in the sky. Like how like you, you can't question because this is the absolute. I think we get some of that here too. Right. No, it's, it's it definitely uh, mirrors that. And it's like, I, I see hints of something like Fahrenheit 451 in this um absolutely you know, like, yeah uh what is it 1984 yes so I, even, I see i'll even throw uh, it to it, you number 12 looks just like you oh yeah yeah definitely yeah um which is uh from season five one of the best episodes of season five it's a little different thing but it's this conformity notion right and mm. um and the people that might be involved may not know what what costs are involved to keep you in line so yeah. Um, and this, we're recording this, um, the day uh, that we found out that, um, with the Supreme court, there's being an opinion written trying to overturn Roe versus Wade and, and like uh, being very oppressive to women and just, it's all garbage. It's all complete garbage. Um, you know, it, it, let's put it this way. Thank you for listening to the show. If you, if you've never thought that the twilight zone has social commentary, um, well, take a look, you know, that's what this is, right? And this episode speaking to this too. It's a little clumsy, but it's speaking to it. And then being like, oh, well, the government will never take away somebody's rights to be smart. Well, we're, we're watching like not dissimilar things going on right now. So Jesus wept, you know? So that's what I got to say about that, which makes this, I, I may not agree with like this being 10 minutes and being like very like, um, I don't know, like this, this should have been they could have explored this further. I'll say that. Um, but just being like in and out, boom, 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 sledgehammer of an ending. I can tell what Philip DeGear was going for. He was trying to like get that vibe of the, you know, oh, you're interested. Now you're devastated, which the Twilight Zone does very well. 
Yeah, and I I think it like I agree with you in in the aspect that they could have explored it more. They could have probably kind of stretched out the the idea a little bit more, and it, it would have worked. But in in this, I'm like, you don't have to think too hard about that technology. You don't have to think too hard about the motivations of you know the government and that. You just get this this, and then they walk away, and they're like, well, you know, leave it up to your your own thought to like figure it out extrapolate if you'd like i just think it's such an interesting story and i actually i really enjoyed this so i'm definitely going to check out um some of our authors other material here yeah so let me let me uh throw a little bit of light on something else so there's a kurt vonnegut story called harrison bergeron and I'll, i'm going to read you the first paragraph from this and you, you tell me that this isn't the same thing the year was 2081 and everybody was finally equal. There weren't only equal before God and the law. They were equal in every which way. Nobody was smarter than anybody else. Nobody was better looking than anybody else. Nobody was stronger or quicker than anybody else. All this equality was due uh, to the 211th, 212th, 213th amendments to the Constitution and to the unceasing vigilance of the agents of the United States Handicapper General. That's the first sentence and paragraph of that story. Um yeah. You know, I mean, the head, the, the story that we're talking about here, this was taken from a, a Henry uh, Slezar short story, but Harry, Harrison Bergeron, um, which is what I've read, and it, this is in line with this, right? So people check that out and tell me that, um, you know, that um, the best of attention, what was it? What's the, what's the phrase? Um, uh, uh, the, the, the path to hell is paved with like good intentions. I think this is part of this too. It's like, well, we can't have everybody being super smart because you know, that will cause problems. So yeah, yep. check, check yep. out that story too, Terry and everybody else should check it out. Harrison Bergeron. It's, it's not left me. I've read this years ago and it feels very much in line with this. Yeah, definitely. We'll check that out. But I, I do think that, you know, especially over probably the last 60 years, we've gotten so many stories that, bring to mind that the fact that there are people out there trying to put a thumb over other individuals. Oh, yeah. And when you try to get outside of that and you try to question things that they're still going to try to be able to manipulate your thought process. And it's like, I just love those storylines because it's like, they're never like that narrative is never going to go away. And it, we just need yeah. to keep on reminding people in different ways. Like, no, maybe this story will remind you that, people are still out there trying to control you. Yeah. Well, the notion of the government's like your kids can't be too smart. So that's what you're saying. It's like, if there's a base level of like, you know, lack of intelligence, that means that there's, there's going to be like this embedded, like, um, um, fealty to everybody. Right. And they're going to be like, Oh, don't question. Cause they know best. And that like, just <laughs> like, it's almost as if there's a state that's shaped like a dick that's hanging on the bottom of our country is, um, you know, that's trying to limit what people know about things as if this is happening right now. I just, you know, what if just throwing it out there, what if there <laughs> yeah, was a right. dick shaped state that's actually limiting access to education because the, the dumber you are, the less you're going to question shit, you know, just what if, <laughs> you know, like, you know, that, that will never happen. Right. Yeah. Terry grabs chin and ponders. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> We laugh because it hurts, you know? It so, does, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, this hits you pretty hard in terms of what it is. Um, I will say that um, it 
it didn't hit me as hard because I, I like, it's one of those things. It's like from the jump, I knew like, I mean, not, not that I'm like this wise and veteran of like, Oh, shit's going to go bad. Cause it's the twilight zone. But it's like, you know, it's just, I wish, I wish there'd have been like a little bit more setup. which I mean, when I throw back to like number 12, just looks like you, the main character knew there was a process, you know? And so the darkness there is that they were still put through the process against their will. And then when they come out the other end, they've lost themselves. I almost feel like we would have had, like, I would have been, not that I'm saying I have to have a mirror image of that episode, but I wish we'd have gotten like a smidge more out of this. And that's, that's completely fair. And I understand that, uh, you know, and I agree with you. Uh, it's, it's just like what I got out of this and what they gave to, to the viewers. Like, it's cool. It, I dig it. You know, I, I mean, it, I'm not going to like lose, lose my mind over like this and like write books about it and say, but yeah. it was, it was cool. It was a cool narrative. Yeah. I like, uh, in and out. It's, it just, Here's the thing, and I mean, obviously, the original series was able to do this quite well, but when we get episodes that are so goofy and like lighthearted, and then they come back and are like punched to the gut again, it's like, whoa! Like, remember, this is the Twilight Zone. We can do whatever we want. No, like, I fair. love that too. That's fair too. I think you're right. I think this has for being ten minutes versus like what was it twenty five thirty from the last segment. There's more meat on its bones. I, I agree with that completely. So. Um, the one thing I'll say too, that I am, well, I, I have some, uh, other, uh, commentary here from, uh, Phil DeGuerre cause I listened to the commentary track for, for the DVD, but, um, I, um, the very, very end, um, <laughs> when the parents are being sad and depraved, like, like they're depressed cause their kid died and they knew what was going to happen. Um, that is some of the weirdest audio that I've heard in a bit for an episode, um, you guys are going to hear the full, like the full, well, not full, but you're going to hear the the dad and the mom be upset at the end of the episode. I'll, I'll tease that, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to play <laughs> for your entertainment, Terry, and for everybody else. I'm going to play back to back things. One is from Time Element, a noise that was made there, and then the noise of the father here. And tell me it's not the same thing. So here's Time Element. <laughs> and here's this episode. <laughs> Tell me that's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're not wrong. I just not, <laughs> it's, I don't know like how I would be audibly upset when it comes to hearing something that tragic, but I just, I mean, like the faces sell it. That's <laughs> I mean, true. Luckily, we but, see faces. It's but, not just like an audio thing here. But tell me, tell me that they're not the same thing. Tell me that's not the same, the, the same noise. The, the, one more time. One, cause I'm, I'm glad for punishment. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it like it carries into it. <laughs> oh, right. So I just heard that. I'm like, that might have to be part of the soundboard forever. You know, I just feel bad. <laughs> for those involved. Um, and I'll play, I'll play the thing at the end. It's like, it's only like, like, um, a couple more seconds because you know, whatever. Cause it's, it's depressing, but it's also really funny in terms of when you hear it. Um, so yeah. Do you have any other, do you have any other notes? I have a couple bits from, uh, the commentary. No, I really couldn't find much more. Okay. So, so he, Phil DeGuerre said in the commentary track, he actually got more comments about the segment than any other, of the Ace Twilight Zone, which I find odd because you just did Nightcrawlers, but whatever. Anyway, 
Um, he feel and so in his in his he said that he feels that the shorter and longer segments, in terms of how they kind of just set up their their episodes, uh, are a strength of this new series. And I understand what he's saying because if you have an ep- if you have a segment that's ten minutes, you don't have to pad it out to twenty twenty five. And if you have something that takes a little bit longer to tell a story, I, I do understand the benefit of that. Um, but I also think that you know season four of the original series was also kind of like um, a lesson to be learned. We'll find out with the next segment in this episode, but he at least defended that like never, nothing has to overstay its welcome, but my argument would be some things do. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that completely. So that's what he was saying there. And then he also uh, reiterated about like how CBS originally agreed to air the show at 10 PM as they were like, like a third of the way through production, meaning they shot night crawlers. They shot this. Um, they also shot if she dies, whatever. Anyway, um, to originally air it at 10 PM, but then they changed their mind to air it like, like, you know, was it 8 PM on a Friday night? And so he was like, but we're, his whole thing was like, when they were doing this, he was like, we're being disturbing on purpose, which I agree. Like you said, this, the segment hit you. Like, I agree. And like he said at the time, there was only three networks that were really operational. And so there was kind of this consent of like family time. And then, then here's CBS being like, but what about this? You know, what if weird cake happened and Omnicoders and this kid gets killed because he's smart. Um, he thinks that them moving this to that time frame, that time slot kind of hurt the series. Uh, Cause they felt like maybe it was a, too, a little bit too much, which you talked about during the Nightcrawler segment. Um, I don't think he's wrong about that because I think that audiences are more nuanced now, but, but yeah, like this, like, you know, like, like, yeah, Hey everybody, you having a fun? It's Friday night. Yeah. This kid just died. All right. On to the next thing. And it was the government that did it. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so I think, I just... <laughs> I, yeah, but, but knowing that he, I mean, I'll give him so far from his to his not tutelage, but his overseeing of the series. Um, you know, there's some approval of the scripts, whatever. It's a little, little weird, but Serling and Buck Houghton and the other people involved, I, I forget some other producers, you know, they, they also greenlit stuff. They were a little, little, little weird, but I think he kind of got the vibe of like, we're meant to kind of make people upset and uncomfortable. I agree with that. Um, so at least I feel like he had the best of intentions coming into this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there is a obviously a sense of like wanting to be entertained, but you know, making people think and it, like broadening their horizons without uh, other things than just being another uh, you know sitcom or something like that. We know what we were in store for when we you know the Twilight Zone was announced to come back. Like we knew that was like yeah. something that could be one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. As much as like he gods was like shooting for a comedic bent and that's okay. Like, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. And then you come back out and be like, Oh, here's the dystopian future where if you're too smart, you're, you're dead. Like, I think that both those things can exist here. And I think uh, credit to him too. So, so yeah, that's what I got. Um, like, so, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for, for our discussion here. Uh, do you have anything else? Like I mentioned this previously, any, any other things you want to bring up? Uh, the only other thing I was going to bring up, and I'm glad that I, I uh, you, you threw the ball back in my court. Um, the one thing that I thought was a very nice touch was putting in the um, the truth serum. Because even if the parents or like one of his buddies told him, don't be too smart, you act dumb, that and the, the truth serum like 
took that out of the equation altogether. That's fair. So I, yeah. I thought that was a, a little nice little bonus to this. Yeah, but it also felt kind of like the what instant smile. That was the thing they talked about, and um, you know, number twelve looks like you, just like you. It's like let's have some instant smile. You know, like here's this thing that's like trying to modify your your feelings about what's coming. You know, yeah, like, like here, here's here's uh, cocaine, and then this is LSD. Yeah, you know? yeah. Here, just bump some rails and take this test. It's fine. You know, so whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's I think that's going to do it for our discussion. But as always, here on the show, we got to rate that twist. Uh, twist rating is always is um, not how we felt about the episode, but we're going to do one through five. One being we saw it coming from a mile away, and five being mind blowing. Um, I'm going to give it a three. That it's like. Oh, it's the Twilight Zone. Shit. Something bad happened. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a four. I, I I did see the subtleties in the parents' reactions to how excited he was to take the test and everything. And I'm like, hmm, I'm just, something's not right here. But the fact that they, they, they killed the kid, I was like, okay, I didn't <laughs> expect that. I thought they were going to like instantly take the child away and put him into like some kind of training program or something like that. Like, What's that one? They were said a uh, science fiction storyline. They made a movie of it with Harrison Ford. Uh, Ender's a, Game, right? Was that yes. what you're about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I thought maybe it would have been something like that. They're gonna like, he's now he's gonna work for the government, killing people. You know, like I don't know. It, well, that's fair. I just, I mean, like from the jump, I'm like, oh, the ominous music and this this weird future. I mean, dystopia is not the right thing. Like this Blade Runner future, like oh. You're you're way too happy, and your parents are trying to make you watch TV. <laughs> you know, like, you know, whatever. Anyway, but you know, and by three, I mean it, it's like I just I'm I'm. It is with, with, if this was any shorter, it would be a segment of the scary door on Futurama. Like, you know what I mean? In terms of like, oh, it's the government. You know, but we've seen that, and I'm not I'm not against like like walking like through those same like you know story treads, right? I'm glad to see that Philip the gear saw a story from somebody that they have pulled his short stories before to do the twilight zone in the 60 series. Like there's connective tissue. I'm not saying you have to always reach back, but damn, this, this feels like, I feel like if, um, if this had been presented to Serling back in the original series, I, I think he would have actually done a Like, I think there would have been some like a little bit more meat on it like as a, like a 24 minute episode. And I think the sledgehammer you're mentioning would have hit that much harder for that time. So that's my thoughts. And yeah, I can't disagree with you, man. It's I, there's a definitely something here um, that could have been, you know, built on, but uh, I, I think it was, I thought it was uh, just fine. The way it was, it was, fine. Yeah, it was good. It yeah. was a good, yeah. it was a good palate cleanser after you got, so I'll say that. So, um, yeah, that's going to do it for our discussion here about, um, examination day. Uh, I was like, Oh, well, this isn't going to be a long episode. And then I just started bleeding out of the mouth. So everybody forgive me, Terry, Terry's been, you know, keep us here on track. I'm just like, blah, 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 things and things and things. So, um, you guys can find us on Facebook at, um, strange highways. We're always posting weird images and things going on there. It's a lot of fun. Um, like let us know what you think about the podcast there and also uh, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast, whether it be like Stitcher, Podbean. Um, I, I don't know if it's Apple podcasts anymore. I'm old. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, Google podcasts, uh, you know, um, uh, 
Cast a plenty. I don't know what that means, but whatever you find, wherever you're listening to this, if you like it, rate and review us if you're able to, and also recommend it to other people. If you enjoy the conversation, let other people know. The more, the merrier. Um, we won't judge your intelligence because clearly we're low intelligence. Maybe you're smarter than us. That'd be great. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, I know some people are not much for the Facebook in this day and age, uh, but you know Instagram, we're on there. Uh, check us out. Uh, give us a, a follow on there, and uh, hopefully you can have some fun over on that social platform. There we go. Either way, share the love. Like Paul said, we need we need the masses. We need to infiltrate your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, just drink this liquid, and then just don't question it, and then like you know, just recommend the podcast. So, all right, that's going to do it for the discussion about examination day. Um, what are we talking about next? And now. Mr. Serling. So next, we're getting into season one, uh, episode six of the 80 series, segment B, Message from Charity, which I believe is also directed by the same person that directed this. So it's a little bit longer segment. Um, we're getting into it. I have no idea what's going on with this. So um, yeah, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. I that always I, I always feel like that feels like um like kind of like the like the watered down thing. I'm like, yeah, everybody be safe, you know? Like don't don't go outside and like hurt yourself. Like just, just you know, don't exert yourself. Eat your cake with uh, electronic candles and get your, your get your omnicoder and pa- pass the test, but be smart but not smart enough. That's that's a bad thing to take from this. Go against the grain. Let the let the government know how smart you really are.